right. Good morning, Charlie Church. Can you hear me? I'm good? Good to go? Now, what Pastor Chris failed to mention is that I had about four scriptures, four verses to teach on. And last week, he's like, hey, by the way, you mind teaching on the few prior to that? Because if not, I can do it, but can you add that on? I'm like, sure, why not? So I'm going to put that all together for you guys. But before we do, let's prepare our hearts because the Lord is going to speak to us. And he's going to change your life this morning. Amen? Because when I, when I minister, I don't just come up here to talk. I come up here to minister the word of God that could transform our lives together. Amen? So let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you for your power and your love in our lives. Lord, I pray that you will guide me today as I teach your word. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see your word. Help us not just to be hearers, Lord, but to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. Matthew chapter 7, if you have your Bibles, I'm just going to read through the passage, and then we'll jump right into it. In Matthew 7, verse 21, Jesus goes on to say, as he concludes the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will like, liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was his fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not just as the scribes. So today I want to pose this question to us, who really sits on the throne of our hearts? In other words, is Jesus really Lord of your life? So don't just be hearers of his word, are you also doers of his word? Do you obey what he says? So Jesus makes a somber warning here. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Let that sit in for a second. Why is that? Despite all of our religious works, despite of all the good things we do, and the reason Jesus told these people, notice in verse 21, they're saying, Lord, Lord. And he says, I never knew you. And you know why? Because he says, you practice lawlessness. You practice lawlessness. You don't obey me. I'm not really Lord of your life. You prophesy in my, you prophesy in my name. You cast out demons in my name. You work wonders in my name. But you don't really know me. Your life has not been fully surrendered to my lordship. So Jesus was not impressed or swayed by the religious endeavors or their profession of, of faith. So it's not just good enough to say something. It's not good enough to just say, Lord, Lord. Is your heart really surrendered to him? Now, 
Earlier, just recently, the Queen of England celebrated her jubilee, right? She's been on the throne for a really long time. But you know, if it wasn't for her uncle, she would never be queen. Because, I I forget his name. Her uncle actually, there's a word when a monarch gives up his throne and surrenders his throne, it's called abdicate. He abdicated his throne for an American woman, and he gave up the monarchy, and his brother took over. That brother's daughter was Queen Elizabeth. And it only happened because he gave up the throne. So with us, we can't just say, Lord, Lord, are you giving up the throne of your heart for Jesus to sit there as true king of your life? We want to hold on to ourself and our ways. And we can say, yeah, I'll go to church. I'll, I'll, I'll do the Christian thing. My parents, you know, were Christian. And yeah, I consider myself a Christian. But is Jesus sincerely Lord? Only when he's really Lord will your life be changed and transformed. Only when he's sitting in your heart do you give him the authority and power to transform your life. And I want to talk about two groups of people real quick. Number one, I'm I'm not talking about believers in the sense of those who have genuinely accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and are born again. We're going to talk about that in a second. But the other side is people that claim to be Christian without sincerely surrendering in love to him. Okay? Remember, guys, I'm preaching what Jesus is preaching, so if it seems kind of like somber, he gave the warning. Okay? But it's, it's because he loves us. And we'll, we'll get to the exciting part in a second. So, to declare Jesus as true Lord means to surrender your life entirely to him. And we talked about that word abdicate. You have to surrender your heart to Jesus. You know, there was a time when I was a young Christian, my, my young Christian friends at the time, there was something called Cap, uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. And they have these little pamphlets they will go out and evangelize with called the Four Spiritual Laws. Anybody familiar with that? By Bill Bright? And um, yeah, the Four Spiritual Laws. But there was a cool picture that as I was preparing this, the Lord brought to my remembrance. I don't know if we have the graphic or not. But there was a picture of, of a chair. Imagine a chair. And on that chair was the letter S on it. And the letter S represented self, like yourself. And outside that chair, in the very bottom of the circle, was the cross. So it was a self-centered life. It was all about me, me, me. But the cross was outside of that person's life. And then there's another picture that says, when you really accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, what happens is you step down from the throne, from that chair, and the cross comes on that chair, on that throne. So it's a Christ-centered life. So I remember reading that, and it really explained to me the very basics of having Jesus to truly be the Lord of your heart. So picture that in your head. Picture this elaborate, beautiful, elegant throne, and you're sitting on it, sipping some Starbucks coffee, watching Netflix. Are you willing to step down and allow Jesus to step in to be your true Lord so he can transform your life? He wants to be your master, not to rule it over you, but to change your eternal destiny. He cannot do nothing unless you allow him to do something. 
So are we holding on tight to our throne or are we stepping, are we stepping down? Now, <clears throat> there are people who carry on with religious activity or they say they believe in Jesus and claim to be Christians, but their hearts are far from the Lord. To call Jesus Lord is to have a genuine relationship with him. We're to know him and love him and obey him. We're to repent of our sinful past life and come to him. Notice the word loving. I want to lovingly surrender to the Lord. In fact, in Romans 10, 9, it tells you how to receive eternal life. It says this, if you confess with your mouth, what? That Jesus is Lord or the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What's the key? You believe and you declare what? He's Lord. He's Lord. And something powerful happens. When it's real and when it's sincere, one thing you have to realize, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were separated from, from God. And Satan, right, they took on the sinful nature and Satan became their Lord, their master, and, and drove them in slavery. But when Jesus came, he redeemed us, but we have to receive that redemption through the declaration of his lordship through our free will, our loving free will. Adam and Eve sinned willfully. Adam took that apple, whatever it was, apple, fruit, and he willfully ate it. It says, it says that Eve was deceived, and it says that Eve gave to her husband with her. So he was there, and he willfully ate and committed high treason against God, and he died spiritually. And Jesus is saying, will you use now your free will to declare me as your Lord? Amen? Will you now partake of the tree of life and who I am? Now he offers himself. Will you partake of me? All I'm asking you to do, I did everything on the cross except one thing. Your reception of it by faith and surrender. Will you step down from the throne of your heart and allow me to step in? And when you do, Colossians 1 verse 13 says that we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Jesus is saying, once you make me Lord, I snatch you out of the kingdom of Satan. I bring you right into the kingdom of God. And when that happens, I recreate you from the inside. You receive eternal life. You're born again by the Spirit of God. And now you're in my kingdom. Amen? And it doesn't stop there. Now you say, God, Jesus, you're Lord. Thank you that I live in your kingdom. And Jesus says, now follow me. Here and obey. Demonstrate my lordship through your surrender on a daily basis. Amen? Because your will and your flesh is going to want to do its own thing. But daily, as Christians, we're to say, God, you are Lord of my life today. You are Lord of my life today. So that's how you, that's how you really get saved. These people that were saying, Lord, Lord, he's like, I never knew you. What's the key thing there? Because they were practicing, they were being hypocrites. They were practicing lawlessness. He says, I wasn't your true Lord. 
I never knew you. I didn't have a relationship with you. So it's very dangerous to be caught up with religion and not, having, not allowing Jesus to have your heart. There's, people, there's a scripture that says that, you know, people deny the power. They have the form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. So you can have rituals, services, um, sacraments, all these things you can do. You can be baptized and all these things. You can pray, read your Bible. But if you not have surrendered your heart to Jesus and declared him as Lord through faith, you're not truly in the kingdom of God. And you know, you know your heart. Now, for me, just a quick illustration, I grew up, you know, believing in God. You know, I went to church, I did my first communion, I did those things, I, I, lo- I love God. But it was kind of like a distant relationship. You know, I threw my prayers out there hoping he would hear me, but I did love him. And then one day in school, some high school kids Thank God for, for teenagers that love Jesus and are out preaching the gospel and ministering. May we have that again in Jesus' name. And there is all over the place. And he comes to me, Rigo, you know, you know, the classic evangelistic question, if you were to die today, are you sure you're going to heaven? And I said, and I'm sorry, I'm thinking about all the bad people I know in my life. I'm better than that one. Yeah, I think so. And I thought about one particular kid in high school. I'm like, thank God I'm not like him. Yeah, I I think, you know, the scales are balanced out. And he says, and he tells me, you know, it's all about receiving Jesus and what he did for us. And we were in the high school hallway, and he grabs my hand, and I said, he says, will you pray with me? And I said, sure. So I just closed my hand, I mean, closed my, my eyes in faith, and I repeat the prayer, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Thank you for giving me eternal life. And God knows this. God's my witness. But when I, when I opened my eyes, I opened, up like an, I opened them up in slow motion because a flood of peace went through my soul. And at that moment, I, I didn't know it. But when I said, Jesus, be Lord, it allowed the Holy Spirit to recreate my spirit and give me eternal life. And at that moment, I was changed. Now, I wasn't discipled yet, so I went about my business, and I'm like, I didn't go to church right away or read my Bible, but I felt like, I don't know how to describe it, but someone who's really hungry and roaming around the woods, but they don't know how to cultivate, you know, food out there. They're like, I'm hungry. Until somebody brought people to my path to help me and help me to grow. And when I would hear the word, because Jesus was Lord, I said, I'm going to obey. Because I love him. You want to go to church? Yes. Before, I'm like, no way. You, no way. I have things to do, people to see, movies to watch, sleep in. But when Jesus became Lord, I was excited. Why? Because now I'm in the kingdom of God and my heart was changed. So it's the declaration of your words and connection with your hearts. And that's why Jesus was so frustrated with the Pharisees. He says, you know what, guys? I see what you're doing outwardly, but your heart is distant from me. Okay? So, the genuine faith 
filled declaration of the lordship of Jesus will defeat Satan and sin from your life. You will be taken out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Now that you're a Christian, something powerful happens. And 1 Corinthians 12.3 says this. <clears throat> Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say, notice this, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of God. Here's the difference. You can say, Lord, Lord, and your heart is not, is not in it. But if you say it in faith and love and you're sincere, it's backed up by the Holy Spirit. So every time you declare that Jesus is Lord, you invite the Holy Spirit on the scene to change your life. Amen? We're not to stop saying Jesus Lord as salvation. We're to continue to declare his lordship for the rest of your life. Because when you do, you invite him on the scene. And since he's Lord, you invite all the benefits of his redemption that he did for us on the cross. You bring all of the kingdom of God into your life. Isn't that cool? When you say King Jesus, he says, everything in my kingdom is yours. Isn't that awesome? So I, I make a practice of this. I, I say, Jesus is Lord over my life. He's Lord over my mind. He's Lord over my body. He's Lord over my family, my marriage, my job, my kids. Jesus is Lord. And when you do that, you give him permission to come in. It's like, thank you. You, I, you belong to me. I belong to you. I'm going to take care of you. Because now you're operating in the kingdom of God, no longer the kingdom of darkness. When we disobey and do our own thing, although we're saved and we have eternal life, we give the enemy permission because now we're stepping back into his boundary. He's like, okay, I guess they still want to do this, even though they no longer belong to me because they're in the kingdom. But when you sin and rebel, you allow the enemy just to mess around with you. But when you repent and say, God, no, your Lord, he protects you because you're in his kingdom. We're to resist the enemy. He's going to come at you. He lost you and he's mad about it. He can't do anything about it unless you allow him to. But when he pokes his ugly little head, you know, you know he's really small and weak, so don't, don't worry about it. When he pokes his head, you say, no, you get out. You get out of my life. That's what Adam should have done in the garden. When he saw that snake tempting his his wife, he used to say, get out of here. Jesus gave me authority. God gave me authority over all, all animals, all dominion. You get out of this garden. God said, if I eat of that tree, I shall die. He's my God. You're not. Get out. He would have passed the test. But he gave in and surrendered the lordship of God for the enemy. Now, Jesus is saying, will you change lords? Will you receive him? Okay? So once Jesus is Lord, I declare you guys, I declare, I encourage you guys to declare that Jesus is Lord on a regular basis in faith because it brings the Holy Spirit on the scene. It does. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And what's interesting is that the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of the Lord. Now, in 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says this. 
Now, the Lord is the Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is God. Jesus is God. The Father is God. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. When Jesus is Lord of your life, not just Savior, not, not just your, your fire escape card, you know, you, you hear the message of salvation, you think, oh my gosh, if I want to spend eternity with Jesus, I have to receive him. And you do, and he's your Savior, but a lot of us stop there, and we don't fully surrender our entire lives to him and say, be Lord. And when, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's total freedom in your life. I don't care what you're going through right now, and I say this in love. Whatever struggle, sin, addiction, Jesus can set you free once and for all. He can. The same Spirit, Holy Spirit, that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and it can eradicate the power of Satan over your life once and for all. It can set you free. It can break those chains and that depression, those bondages from your mind and your heart and your life. But you have to want it. You have to declare, Jesus, be my Lord. You know, the prophet Joel says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. There's deliverance in the declaration of Jesus as Lord over your life. It's just for real, guys. This this is not playing church or we're going to church to feel good and go home. God has given us the tools and keys of the kingdom of God to destroy the power of sin and Satan over our lives. He wants us to live victoriously until we get to heaven. Amen? I want to go to heaven shouting, not defeated, and being dragged over the finish line. I might be wounded. You know, you ever seen those action movies where the bad guy always says, you know, he's bloodied up and his shirt's ripped off, but he's still standing? That's what I want to look like. (laughs) When Jesus says, in the spirit, right, naturally speaking now, but in the spirit, you know, Jesus says, you know, when we, when we come to him, I want, I want him to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. And I love what the apostle Paul said. He said, when he was in jail, right before he, um, you know, basically was beheaded for his faith, he says to Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. When Jesus is true Lord of your life, you're going to go the distance. You're going to cross that finish line. You're going to fight the good fight because he's Lord. Amen? All right, so now let's go to the second half of that. You know, when the, whenever the Bible says, therefore, is therefore a reason, so Matthew 7, verse 24 Jesus says all this, right? He warns us. And then he says, basically he's saying, guys, these people are are not, I'm not Lord of their life. You're not going to enter the kingdom of God. But when you are, demonstrate your, your discipleship by hearing and doing my word. So when Jesus is Lord of your life, you're going to hear his word intently. We, some, some of us, and sometimes in my life too, we can't get past the hearing part, let alone the doing part, because we're distracted. You've been hearing a message or something, and God's trying to get something to you, but you just, you're not paying attention. 
He wants us to hear and then obey. Faith comes by hearing the words. You have to hear what he says, and then he gives you the power to do because he's Lord of your life as you surrender to him, okay? So Matthew 7, 24 says this. Therefore, whoever hears, number one, hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. What is the rock? The rock is Jesus, number one, and the rock is the application of his word in your life. It builds a foundation. We're to hear and obey, and when you do, your life will be founded on his word. On his lordship. So no no matter what comes your way, no matter what storms, Jesus didn't say storms won't come. Storms are going to come in your life. If you're a Christian, you're a Christian in the Lord, and something happens in your life where, let's say you lose your job, things don't go your way, your prayers seem hindered, will he still be lord of your life? Or are you just throwing the towel? He's saying when the storms come, just stay in my word. Stay with my promises, and it will anchor you and get you through the storms. You're going to feel the wind. You're going to feel the rain beating on you. But because Jesus is Lord, you're anchored. You're anchored in his word. But those who just hear, yeah, that was an awesome message. Yeah, you know, they kind of read the Bible in passing, but there's no application of faith and standing on God's word. Look what Jesus said in verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine mine, and does not do them, that's key. When Jesus is Lord, you will do them. You will do them not out of obligation, but out of loving obedience. You know, Jesus said himself, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Not because he's ruling over you with, with a you know, a ruler trying to snap your hand if you don't obey. I, I want to obey God because I love God. He changed my life. He redeemed me. And whatever he says, I'm going to do because I love him. And he never asks us to do anything that will not bless us and bring transformation and change. His word was given for a reason to change your life and keep you anchored in this life until you see him face to face. It's a relationship, guys. Christianity is not a religion. There's been a religion made out of Christianity, but Christianity is a relationship with the Savior, Jesus, who gives you eternal life now to live out your days until you see him in heaven. Right? And that will be boring. What's the difference? And then he says, I want you to be conformed to the image of my son. That's the goal of Christianity, that every day we're to be more and more like Jesus. More victorious every day. And so what if you have a setback? So what if, you know, you're going around the same mountain over and over again? Just get yourself together and say, God, help me with this. Help me get back on track. I love you. There's days where I feel distant from God and I have to on purpose say, God, I'm going to be intentional in seeking you. I know you're here. I know you live in me. But I'm going to praise you on purpose. I'm going to seek your word on purpose. I'm going to stand on your promises on purpose because I love you. Amen.
And if things still seem hard, just think of this. Man, he's still alive. Jesus is sitting on the throne. And one day, I'm going to be there. Or if he, if, if he tarries, I'm sorry, if, if not, he's going to come back and get me. Jesus is going to come back. Or I'm going to go to heaven. Be heaven-minded. Be eternity-minded. Don't just be caught up with the here and now because this is temporary. He'll get you through it. Amen. So as we get ready to wind down, I'm going to ask, please ask the worship team if they can please come down. So true disciples will hear the word of God and do the word of God in loving obedience. When they do, their lives will be established. Their lives will be established upon the rock, which is Jesus Christ. So if we can, if we can please stand. The Lord's going to start ministering to us in a second. But first I want to pose this question. And this is a personal question for your heart. Only you know your heart. Okay? And this is the question. Very simply, who really sits on the throne of your heart? Is Jesus truly Lord of your life? Is he really Lord of your life? And I'm going to ask questions for two types of people in this room. If you're not a follower of Christ, I encourage you to make him the Lord of your life and follow him in loving obedience. You know about church, maybe you go to church, but you're not fully surrendered. All Jesus says to do is confess him as Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. And you'll follow him. The other group of people is, if you're a Christ follower, are you living for him? Do you have one foot in the world, one foot in the Lord? Are you compromising? Is God challenging you to to let things go, but you're still holding on to those things? And you know what those things are? Are you living in sin or have ignored the promptings of the Holy Spirit to repent and allow the Spirit of the Lord to set you free? He can set you free. But you have to want it. Whatever it is you're going through, He wants to set you free. And it's, and it's really simply, this is how you apply it. You declare him as Lord. So as we sing this, this song, the Holy Spirit is going to minister to your heart. And he's going to show you areas in your life where you have to give up and say, Lord, be Lord over this area. Be king of my life, true king. And declare him as Lord over your life. With your mouth, declare him as Lord as we're singing this. Amen. And your life will be transformed day by day. It's not a sprint. It's a race. It's a marathon. And Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, and he will get us through. You're not alone. All he's asking you is, will you give me access to your life? Can I be your true Lord? Amen. So let's sing this together and invite him to be Lord of your life.